Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. We don't need a bunch of cats in here yeah, looking in the mirror. Hey, will you shut up? I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating today. Guys being dudes. And they run through our like through a tin horn, man. Thank you, Lee. I'm taking the thank you, Lee, this week because... Oh. Richard Johnson. He's in the driver's seat today. Richard, Richard, uh, some congratulations are in order. Our podcast co-host is now a staff writer, senior writer. What's our job title at Sports Illustrated? That's a great question. I'm not actually 100% sure. I don't start until Monday. Well, no. you, should, some you, things should, been, you should figure that out. Still some things to be ironed out, some paperwork to send in. The main paperwork has been signed, sealed, and delivered, but I've had to do my 10th I-9 of the last six months. Richard, we're very happy for you, uh, mainly because you're a nice guy and you deserve to have a job, but secondarily because I think that Split Zone Duo just got like a lot more clout. I mean, people will know will know our name now that a Sports Illustrated bigwig is involved in our little publication here. Uh, it is indeed the come up, as the kids say. Um, yeah, I grow I'm, up on you. I feel I feel very proud. I, I am, had a hand in it. I'm really excited. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, I sort of, I tweeted about this early, early in the week when I sort of announced it. Um, you know, I, I was the kid who would get home from school and wait by the mailbox to, to see if Sports Illustrated had come. Um, you know, I, I read it. Uh, I, my mom joked that they owe her back pay for years of subscription. Um, I had a, I had both a Michael Vick and a Kobe Bryant SI Kids poster they used to put the uh, the fold-out posters in si kids i had both of those on the wall when i was a kid um and then graduated obviously up to the to the big magazine um the it was weekly then um it's monthly now but yeah i'm pumped and i'm excited to start and i'm excited to honestly get back uh get back to the work uh i, I haven't really written a lot this year and i'm ready to be doing that more regularly um hopefully out on the road a little bit too sourcing up meeting folks and and doing all that good stuff so yeah you can read me in the pages of sports illustrated which is not something i thought i was gonna say even two weeks ago but here we are hell yeah feel proud of it also richard johnson i'm saying your full name because that's just casually how i address you and not because i want people who are listening to this who haven't listened before to know who you are they can also find you on a little television channel i think 7 p.m on monday nights this year is that accurate SEC Network, Monday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, starting September 6th. Thinking out loud, me and Spencer Hall back at it again for the 2021 college football season. Cannot wait for that either. Y'all come through. I will sleep in February. Anyway, my name is Alex Kirshner. You've just met Richard. Stephen Godfrey, you're also with us. Hello. We're really doing this like it's the first time, huh? Well, because every Richard has instilled this in me that every now and again you have to remind people who is talking on the podcast because no, I'm good with most it. sane people are not listening to our show that much and they would right. have no idea who's talking to them. But the three of us, I would say, because Richard, you're staying on the show, even at Sports Illustrated, and Stephen, you're here despite your work at Secret Base, and I'm here despite my freelance work. I would say we formed a bit of a, a group. Would Would we dare call it an alliance oh my jesus christ he's so proud of this um wait yeah I'll, uh, uh, uh my name's steven i i'm i really sometimes we intentionally sabotage alex's bits like the culvers thing which by the way thanks to everyone since i've opened dms on twitter who just now randomly dm me at two in the morning to scream culvers in all caps <laughs> i deserve that that's justice for alex 
Uh, yeah, I'm Stephen Godfrey. I am uh, a, a producer at Secret Base. I have a, I, ha- I make videos at Secret Base. I will also have uh, an announcement in the next episode or two. We'll leave it at that. But so, um, so real we have quick, a lot going on. Real quick, it's 2021. The younger of the the two of us is the one uh-huh. in the magazine, and you have yes. pivoted to video. I'm I'm making TV sort of. Uh, but also also some TV for real. So, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff I can't talk about yet. But I, I, we always bring it up. I'm very proud of you, young man. Let's keep the attention on you. Um, I remember fondly pumping gas outside of Bristol, Virginia, when someone <laughs> called me and said, do you want to hire these two guys? <laughs> like, we need, to, we, we need the sign-off on, like, looking at sample writing and all this stuff. And it was, it was you two were part of a batch of hires. And I was, I was again, ironically, Richard, making a video, do, doing an interview on how Bristol was turning a, the Motor Speedway into that Virginia Tech-Tennessee game all those years ago. So, they grows up and they grows up and they grows up. And Come if you understand way. that quote, if you understand that quote, you're probably in your 40s. All the 40-somethings these days just want to be YouTube stars. It's crazy, really. That's what I, yeah, because that's what I wake up every day and want that to do. That is exactly Alex. what I think. Anyway, uh, on to the most important alliance outside the three of us in college sports this week. Actually, I'm not sure that I would even say – there's probably another couple of alliances that are more important than I think this one is, but – the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC have gone into eh, what we will loosely call business together. The thrust of it is that they are going to nebulously, off in the future, schedule each other. They are probably, as a group, going to oppose the near-term expansion of the playoff to 12 teams. Why would they do that, you might ask, given that the Pac-12, for instance, has like a really strong self-interest in the playoff expanding so that they might actually be able to get a team in there. As it's been reported by friend of the show, Nicole Auerbach at The Athletic and by numerous others and sort of alluded to at their public press conference, there is some thinking on the part of the administrators in these conferences that the SEC was heavily involved in these June 2021 playoff plans. And at the time, the SEC commissioner was withholding some information about some things that were about to happen. And maybe we should just press pause here, even though it's nakedly in our self-interest to do it anyway. Uh, Gents, can you give me any reason to believe that this is happening for any reason other than three conference commissioners trying to look busy like they're doing something or that this will have any tangible impact beyond that? This was the dumbest waste of fucking time (laughs) in my entire career of any college football (laughs) announcement ever. And every media member that hyped this up because they got tipped off by one of the suits involved should have to publicly apologize. And then I'll get to the suits in a second. Okay, this is the this is the epitome, the apex, the new standard for nothingness in an offseason. I know we're days away from, as the good old boys say, toe meets leather. The fact that this occupied this much mental space for 36, 48 hours Someone should be arrested. What happened to standards in journalism? This is disgusting. And Alex, as far as these people, the, the, what's the Klavanov quote? I, oh, I can't even Klyavkov. remember right now. Or is it Klyavkov, but Klyavkov. Yes. The Klyavkov quote was, today's not just a press release. It's a what? What it's was a, the bit? It's a commitment. To what? Okay. Unclear, but it is a commitment. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me, no, no, let me tell you something. Oh, man. I used to, and we're, we're talking about like Richard's, trajectory as a young reporter and me being old as fuck i used to get nervous years ago talking to these people because i thought i was wasting their time i thought man every question of mine needs to be so on the point and nuanced and smart because i don't want to waste an important person's time i should have slapped myself 20 years ago this is the biggest waste of time i've seen in years and these people should be ashamed these people at the big 10 Actually, let's let the Big Ten off a hook for a second. No. Wait. Why? Like hell. The ACC and the Pac-12, this is just the most pathetic showing of poor of, of sore acidness I've ever seen. For, especially, like, this is the kind of... This is the kind of nitpicky bullshit ankle biter stuff. You like someone, some commissioner of the Sun Belt or whatever, whoever it might be at the time, like, issues some bullshit statement that no one cares about. 
all the Big Ten is doing is just sitting there with their arms crossed, trying to figure out how this is how they're actually going to make their next move. Because this is nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't exist on paper. It's not fucking real. You can stop me now because I'll just no. Scream I, for I don't want to stop you. This is. It is not on paper. There is not a contract. Now, and we are not making that up. No, they said there they is said, not a contract. And I think there's probably two reasons for this. One is that there was just a little Supreme Court case called NCAA v. Alston, or maybe it was Alston v. NCAA, that took some issues with conferences specifically colluding to do things like price fix what schools can give athletes. I think there's an antitrust angle there. Like they can say, oh, we're not doing this. I think that's also why Klyavkov of the Pac-12 said something, Richard, some hilarious bullshit that I can't believe he was able to say with a straight face that's like, on playoff expansion, we are not a voting block. Paraphrasing almost directly. Not a voting block, but I'd be shocked, I'd be surprised if we didn't all vote the same way. But not a voting block. <laughs> not oh. not colluding. We are not violating any antitrust laws. America. I, I am pretty sure it's Alston v. NCAA because when you sue somebody, your name comes first. Because I paid attention in AP government senior year when I showed up late with sweet tea for Mr. Testa oh. every day. Um, Board education, I like it. Exactly. Um, it Okay. Okay. What are they actually going to do here? They're going to be a voting block. Sorry. That's going to happen. On, um, on how many issues, though? On that, one issue, maybe? I, I, I don't think it's going to be just one issue. I do think if they move together as 41 schools... There is an opportunity to wield some boring power in NCAA legislation moving forward. Now, is that enough to host a press conference where you did the administrative sort of administrative pearl clutching? Not really. Um, Now, I do think the other thing here is you have three of the 10 managers of the college football playoff. Right now, the college football playoff is set to expand, was recommended to expand. These guys, I believe, because George Klyavkov has already said as much, they, 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 are, they are going to slow down expansion. I think they were going to do that anyway once the SEC made its move, but I think now them moving together helps them slow uh, conference expansion. The other thing here is they want to I don't want to use the word get back at ESPN because all of them have benefited with ESPN and particularly the ACC, which I will get to in one second. I'll come right back to it. But the three of these leagues, I think, want to stave off ESPN or at least try to clutch some of the perceived control over the sport back from ESPN. But what they are going to run into a problem with is, in my opinion... What happens when the ACC, which, by the way, has its entire media rights wrapped up in the ESPN umbrella, given that it has a conference network with the ESPN similar to the SEC, what happens if, for instance, in a couple years, Notre Dame exercises the option to join a conference, the only one that can join is the ACC legally, they join the ACC, and then ESPN gets to put Notre Dame on at 7 o'clock every Saturday night. At that point in time, I think the ACC is the league that gets its head turned because the ACC is not as unified in the rah-rah academic shit that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are because who is driving the bus at the ACC? It is not Kevin White at Duke because he's no longer there. Uh, Bubba Cunningham at North Carolina is on his way out. It is not really your smart schools because nobody cares about Boston College. God love you, but Boston College is not driving the bus here on legislation. Even though Boston College was one of the Power Five schools that voted nay against full cost of attendance a few years ago, if you will remember correctly. It's Clemson. And Clemson is an SEC school masquerading in the ACC. And Clemson does, does not, gives much less of a shit about academics than some of its other How dare uh, triangle cohorts. So, I say all of that to say, you are in the office meme where everybody is finger-gunning at each other, to an extent. And I do think, if it comes down to brass tacks, the ACC is the loose peg here. 
And when they leave, Jenga. I just, I, I don't, this idea that you could keep those three conferences in line on all of the minuscule details that a voting block would have to do makes absolutely no sense to me. There's look, let me let me just squash a couple of the bigger bugs here. There's not going to be any kind of scheduling cooperation. This is not some sort. There of will be, but it's thing. not going to be until 2028 in football. Uh, what is that? I agree with Godfrey. I think there is already. What is that? That's not possible. No, there's already some scheduling cooperation between the between schools and these conferences. Sure. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just like it's like it's like a couple of friends are hanging out. And they decide to name the group chat now. That's it. <laughs> okay, so the ACC already has an alliance. It's with the SEC. It's called the fucking games after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was about to say, it's called Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, good old-fashioned hate. Clemson, Georgia, Georgia South Tech, Carolina. Clemson, South Carolina. Like, guys, this, is, this means nothing. And because of those games I just rattled off, and specifically if you want to look at some of those programs – what are you gonna do? What are you are you gonna rotate Pac-12 and Big Ten opponents for every ACC opponent and and make them pay play 10, 11, 12 FBS Power Five games? This is this doesn't work. No, it doesn't. There was there are a couple of things that I was texting about with a TV industry source the other day. Two things: one, they have different numbers of teams in these conferences. And so that immediately rules out doing something very straightforward like a, you know, one for one, everyone partner up and go to the dance floor type thing where you schedule one year. Also, you have TV network distribution disparities. The Big Ten network is in way more homes than the ACC's and the Pac-12 channel. The Pac-12 has like 15 subscribers or something like that at this point, maybe 16. (laughs) Um, That would create significant headaches about where games go on television if you're playing all of these games at a similar time. And also, Godfrey, you were alluding to this in Discord office hours the other day. Like, sure, okay, a middling team in one of these conferences that does not have a big rival might find some convenience in a scheduling alliance. But, like, you're going to tell Georgia Tech that already has to get its ass beat annually by Georgia and also Mm -hmm. has to get its ass beat fairly often by Notre Dame because of their little one-foot-in-the-pool ACC thing. That like and sucks. Clemson and Clemson, yeah, gee, Jesus Christ! Again, Georgia Tech, tough life. You're gonna tell them that, or, or they have the same scheduling priorities as USC. It's completely ridiculous. Even if all of the logistical hurdles and the game contracts weren't an issue, it just doesn't make sense. There's there's no reason for these schools to be unified in wanting something like this. It's completely completely fanciful. I think that at the uh, end of the day, what what. What bothers me the most about this, what bothered me the most about this yesterday, was the... It frustrates me in a very weird way that people who like money, people who I know like money, and people who operate like people who like money, tell me everything except that they like money. And that is why big in ten, this, big ten, big ten. Like, don't I like? It's nice that they're talking the talk about equity and inclusion and all that sort of stuff. And do I think Kevin Warren cares about that kind of stuff as a black man? As as I think the only black commissioner in college sports or in in uh, in in the FBS. Goodness. I think there's might be one other. I think the Sunbelt commissioner Sunbelt. is also black. Keith Kim, but, yeah. Yes. Um, do I think he cares? Yes, I do. But, like, it, it, like you, you lose it for me when the reason you're doing this is, overarchingly, to get back at the SEC. I don't mean sort of like a petty way. It's to say the SEC is, you know, eating up every, eating up Texas and Oklahoma and becoming this sort of behemoth or whatever and you have to compete with them. Like you're not, you're, 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 you're blocking playoff expansion to an extent so that you can take it out on the open market as well, which is part of what they're doing here. Our buddy, Matt Brown wrote about that in his newsletter, extra points this morning. They also want to take the playoff onto the open market to the highest bidder. Like, you're not just gonna, you're not just gonna like get control of the playoff from ESPN and, and put it on fucking public access. No, this is a thing that is interesting, though. Actually, there's there's two parts, two things I want to do. But first, they were 
within their rights and it makes business sense for Claire Avkoff and Warren and Jim Phillips at the ACC to want to have an open bidding process for the next playoff. It makes money sense. My thing is that also made sense in June when this playoff working group, which I am sure thought that it had the votes at the time or it wouldn't have gone public with this, made the 12-team plan public. Klyavkov gets a bit of a kind of pass here because he was just taking his job around this time at the Pac-12. But you are going to have a really hard time convincing me that this is not just about we assume the SEC and ESPN are up to something, which, well, they were um, in terms of Texas and Oklahoma. But like, let's not lose the forest for the trees here in terms of what is like very obviously in your own self-interest, Stephen, that like the Pac-12 is sort of cutting off its... What's the saying? Cutting off its face despite its nose? No, 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 Cutting no, no, its no, nose no. off. Around. Cut your nose off despite That's, your face. Cut your nose off despite your face. Thank you. Like, it feels like you are trying to make a point about how you're not going to be pushed around. And as a result, congrats. Like, the Pac-12 just isn't going to have another team in the playoff for another five years. And, like, that's fine. It's, like, not going to make my life any worse. But I'm not sure that it's really that much in the interest of the Pac-12 schools. I just... I think we're parsing nothing, and I think that's what they wanted us to do. I think this is all just a a really shitty card trick that the entire industry has pulled because they got a little ass chap that the SEC flanked them. That's it. I mean, the majority of the actors involved in this, if you're looking at the— Okay, if you're, if you're looking at these three conferences just by membership, don't think of them as a unified body. That's what they want you to do, and that's what a lot of the ACC and Pac-12 members want you to do. The reality is— there are wildly varying interests here at Ohio State versus Purdue or Oregon State, for that matter. The, again, the idea, I, what, if you take anything away from this nonsense before we get to actual football, thank God, is that they want you to think they're united. And this is just simply, it's a press release. <laughs> That's it. It means not. There's literally no contract, guys. This is all a giant nothing because they're scared. Now, I will say this: there are some barn. There's there's an element of barnacle here, which is like, I do feel like this is the attempt of the weaker side, like the Pac-12, to say like, oh hey guys, we're not gonna be poaching. We're not poaching out here, guys. Look, my friends here said they're not gonna poach for me. There's a lot of that sort of like fundamental insecurity. I also think I don't think the ACC is worried about being poached. I think the ACC is trying to evaluate. They they were the first one that built a really unruly looking conference. To be honest with y'all, the sheer volume of teams plus Notre Dame geographically. There's there's a spine of the Big East. There's these traditionally SEC style schools that led in football throughout the 90s. They're the ones I think are most concerned about what should we look like moving forward. And the bottom line, I'll leave you with this. There is no answer to Texas and Oklahoma. There's no answer. All these people talking about the Big Ten taking Kansas, that's not a, that's not a response. It's not a, the Big Ten is not going to go, oh, yeah? Oh, we got fucking Kansas, bro. That's not how the, any of this is going to work. We should. I, I, I feel angry that I'm having to sit here and talk about, about this, this preposterous amount of empty fucking air from people who are clearly not qualified for their fake jobs anyway. Remember this. All three of these conference commissioners have taken these jobs in the last year. Uh, now, two of them do not come from a traditional college sports background. Jim Phillips was uh, the AD at uh, at Northwestern for like a decade. So, okay, it literally does not get more college sports than that. Kevin Warren came from the Vikings. George Klyavkov came from casinos. So these guys are, are have, have been on the job for a year at most. The And I do think the SEC, to an extent, used that to its advantage. Um... I, I think that they are coming into this job and the ground has so rapidly shifted under them. You're like, uh, what are we going to do? Like, oh, shit, like we got to do something here. I'm going to pick a nit there only because I will not stand for this much this much inadvertent complimentary conversation to, to the fucking Greg Sankey. I agree that the commissioners were caught off guard because a lot of the major conferences were in transition. Because everybody was caught off guard. But Texas and Oklahoma were only ever going one place. And that's the funny thing, because at the end of the day, like we lambasted Texas and Oklahoma and all that kind of stuff. And I don't and I don't think either of the three of us think that Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in that league in 2024 
even though they say they will hang until the end of their contract. But what I mean that by is that to this point, Texas and Oklahoma are playing by the rules, which is we will stay in this league until our conference is, uh, until our conference affiliation agreement is up, and then we will leave. Now that is subject to change. I think everybody understands that, but at the end of the day, the SEC. When you say the SEC, like the SEC went and got them secured four years before they, you know, to, to four years before and and outflanked the Big Twelve and all that kind of stuff, like. At the end of the day, the SEC and these two teams are sitting pretty, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they, the SEC they got to it, the airport they, early. They did it fairly by the book. They got through pre-check on time, and now they're at the gate ready to take off, and your ass hadn't even called the Uber yet. Dang. God, you made that so You made that way too personal at the end. Yeah. This is all so fucking stupid, and we're still inevitably headed to a Super League, and there's nothing that they, anyone can really do to stop it. We've already... We have already triggered. We've shot a bullet into the future by, you, by okay, bringing Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC. Time out. D- define define Super League for me in your opinion, and define what it. Tell me what that is in your opinion. Because no one here can can argue me down from the idea that we are consolidating and calcifying at the same time. Sure, we are turning this sport into a league of about twenty maybe 30, maybe 30 programs that do not adhere to any regional structure and will eventually come to look something like a professional league. Eventually, the money from television or however we're, I don't know, liquid injections into our fucking eyeballs in 50 years, however the revenue comes in, they will follow those programs because we have not decentralized the the power. I mean, we, we are we are watching, again, consolidation of power. It's not just the SEC. This is what I keep telling people this. I'm an alumnus of a have-not in the SEC. When a rising tide floats all boats, you don't get any taller, you fucking dummy. So all these SEC fans, like at South Carolina, who are like, oh, we got, te- we got Texas and Oklahoma. Hey, what does that mean for you, you slap dick? It means eventually we're going to rewrite the rules of what a conference means in our brains or what a... Better yet, to hell with that. It's not about a perception, guys. It's what a conference means in a useful designation for making money. We are headed towards 20 or 30 teams, probably closer to 20, that have no regional structure whatsoever that play in a league in league together to compete. So you're saying the, the conference of the future is... I'm just rattling it off. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Ohio State... State. USC or Clemson. Clemson. So right Roughly. now, Richard, the, the the thing that informs me the most on this is that one Notre Dame has has been able to withstand and a lot of <laughs> a lot of criticism for like thirty odd years that they would have to jump in and join a conference, and they've they've done pretty well. But the thing that convinces me is Ohio State. Ohio State looks, functions, and operates like a southeastern, a really, really, really good southeastern conference program. Flat out. Since Tattoo Gate, they 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 retrenched, they reorganized, and they came back as effective as any SEC program that isn't Alabama. There are programs like that that are outside of the SEC that they are eventually going to find the same like-minded interests. The last thing, if I'm if you still don't believe me, and I'm not saying this happens in a year, but the other inevitable trend towards the future, it's like it's like arguing about global warming like it's not going to be 120 degrees tomorrow what? the language uh, the, <laughs> the language that is being used right now is autonomy autonomy is the first time you're going to hear the concept of the rich should only have to only have to adhere to the rich's rules that's what autonomy means right now it means autonomy for the power five the next evolution of autonomy is well, why should Alabama? So right now it's why should Alabama do what ULM does? In a couple of years, it's going to be why should Alabama do what what Oregon State or Northwestern do? That's the next step. Or let me scare you a little bit: Ole Miss in South Carolina. <laughs> so, um, so, so here's the thing. Here's my thing with that. What what can the alliance charitably? What could they do to stave this off? Because because you're going to have to fight a two-front war. You're going to have to figure out 
what you're going to do NCAA governance-wise. But you're also going to have to keep Ohio State, uh, Michigan, uh, USC, Oregon. You're also going to have to keep them around. Well, one idea that you need is you need American college football fans to be more like European soccer fans. Um, I'm not going to like, happen. I, I know it's exactly. I know it's not going to happen. Um, I'm also not trying to like praise Europe, which has a million of its own problems. But like the the there's just a different mindset where like Arsenal fans will see the Super League and then go and like for, have a miniature and riot pick it outside, outside the, the stadium. stadium. <laughs> right. It's different. <laughs> it is different. They will say, "Fuck you, you greedy pig owner of our team. We are absolutely not going to do this. We'll never go along with this." Whereas in college football. If unless you hire is, Greg Schiano, that doesn't yeah, happen. That's true. Unless you hire Greg Schiano, which <laughs> someone did try to do that um, and then did do it. What happens in college football is you go to a new conference and there might be some anger and a tough couple of news cycles right at the beginning. But then, hey, we're rich now. We're rich. Look at us. We're rich. We're rich. You pores. Stop talking to us. And, I mean, that is the trajectory of it. You just have a totally different level of and a higher level of tolerance for that kind of thing over here than you have over there so i'm not sure that we have the juice as a national college football viewing public to stop something like that if the powers that be choose that it's best this is so stupid hey steven while we still have you here stupid while we still have you so stupid because i can tell how angry you are before we move on to our next topic uh, can I read you the bullet points from the Big Ten ACC Pac-12 press release uh, about the issues that they're going to focus on together? Yeah, this would be great for my blood pressure. Go. Okay, here we go. This is in order of the bullet points. As Jason Kirk pointed out to me, they, there's something peculiar about the way the bullet points are ordered. You'll have some questions about which of these was actually most important or if they're trying to trick you with the order of the bullet points. Number one, student, athlete, mental, and physical health, safety, wellness, and support. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, yeah okay. We, we, we needed a fake alliance to discuss those issues. I'm sure, I'm sure this, yeah, they'll be highly effective in those areas. <laughs> strong, strong academic experience and support. In the Big Ten. The fuck okay. does that even mean? That, that's, the, like, that's like a phrase like cheese food product. No, and I in agree. The, the Big Ten. The Big Ten okay. couldn't do this. They couldn't do this without bringing FSU in. They couldn't. We needed. But I'm also like, I'm also like the Big Ten. I'm like, cool. So what? Like, ev- like everybody I understands fucking, oh that academics I, I, are fine. <sighs> but at the end of the day, when those young men get to Ohio State, they all get to they all take the underwater basket weaving degree. So it doesn't matter. They all stood up there and they were like, yep, we are united in the pursuit of educational ideals. From Notre Dame to Boston College to Northwestern to Florida fucking state. And we all just went, yep. I will. This I is will, news. I will no, 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 keep, no, 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 no. Keep all going. Right, Please we'll keep, keep going. going. Maybe the most audacious one is diversity, equity, and inclusion, which actually, to be clear, a good, a good goal. But the problem mm-hmm. is Pass. if you go down, the reason, the reason this one is – uh, I'll take this one. This will be this will be a QB keeper. They also say in the press release that the conferences combined to form quote a long heritage of leadership in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the first thing I thought of was Willis Ward. I wonder what Willis Ward would say if George- the first thing I thought of was every white character in Get Out. Yeah, that was that. That, <laughs> that is the most fucking toothless, semantic, make you feel good in the fucking vineyard dinner party line. Oh yes. What the fuck have these conferences but done nothing, for diversity nothing. and inclusion? But I just thought that, like, granted, Georgia Tech was SEC at the time, but like here we have uh, the ACC, which has Georgia Tech, and the Big Ten, which has Michigan, which together uh, decided that Michigan's best player, because he was black, couldn't play in a game way back when, back when Gerald Ford was at Michigan, because Georgia Tech would not take the field against a black player. If I you mean, strip hey, out, I was say, if you if you strip out professional language and, and corporate speak, and this is a real thing because it involves like sociology and psychology. What they're saying is like, oh, hey, blacks. So why not just say it that way? Because if we said it that way, that would be controversial and that would seem what? Semantic, patronizing, disrespectful? Because that's all they're doing. I was going to say, they'd say what they really mean, which would be a no, step but, no, in the but, right direction. But Richard, they're committed to exploring the potential of They're committed to talking about it. They're committed to press release. They're committed to maybe admitting there's a problem and not addressing it. I just don't. I don't have time for it. 
Kevin Warren's commissioner of the Big Ten. That is a step in the right direction, and that is very good. Is his kid still playing at state? Yes. He actually I, said that yesterday. If so we, have they declared war or like, but, what the fuck? This is all but, so fucking stupid. But, we, oh, go ahead. But. It's a Mississippi state, by the way. Where I come. Where I come down on it is, okay, Kevin Warren is the commissioner, and you get to say you have a black commissioner in the alliance and in the black commissioner of the Big Ten. Now what? Now what? Because it has to continue to keep going and rolling and perpetuating. It cannot just be Kevin Warren as the commissioner. Sign off, move forward. This alliance does has zero interest in nor ability to to address, understand, or diagnose how you change the minority hiring process in this sport. That's why I'm offended by it. It's like that's like what it's like that bit in Silicon Valley where every douchebag app developer in the world, even if it's like here's an app that better lets you aggregate your own pornography, they always say at the end like we're gonna change the world. Like that's the level of semantic bullshit that we're dealing with. Because you'll remember, Mel Tucker was not the first choice for that job. If people got slapped in the face more in society, this shit wouldn't happen. Mel Tucker was someone, not the first choice for that uh, job. Luke Fickle, just, it was Luke Fickle's job to to take or leave, and we, he left it. So that when when you talk about how how diversity has actually perpetuated, and you get into the nitty gritty of it, you start to you start to look a little sideways at these efforts. You do. Uh, we will proceed down the list quickly. Social justice next. Uh, gender equity after that. I'm sure that was like the top reason, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was why this alliance came together. And then they get to the final three bullet points, which are future structure of the NCAA, federal legislative efforts, and postseason championships and future formats. Um, no, look that that's the truthy part. Right. They put the so, they put the real ones. But at that's the end. that's why they're actually together. Yeah. It's yeah. like our lobbyists all need to holler to <laughs> holler at each other. Let's see if we can get a group rate on the hourly billing. <laughs> and also, we're worried about our TV money. Just say the thing. I would respect it so much more if they were like, "Hey, uh, you know what we're here to do today? We're all gathered here today. We all have shit all in common, but we all kind of got fucked by the same broomstick. So here's the deal, y'all. We're going to make Oklahoma fucking sweat because Oklahoma just went from the easiest path to the playoff as a perennial college football playoff team to the hardest if it doesn't expand. This is actually my last thought, Alex. Oklahoma, think about th- think about this. You just went from like waltzing into the college football playoff in an arguably bad conference that's now dying, right? You just joined the SEC, but... Everybody in the SEC who recruited you said, well, we're going to get the playoff bumped up to 12, so we're going to have like at least four spots for our conference. So it won't really matter to you. It'll be the same thing, right? That's what they're doing. They're trying to, to spit at a brick wall because they're mad about the fact that they all got flanked. That's it. I hate complimenting the SEC this much. This week fucking sucks. Dang, you're going through it here. Uh on that note, you know what? Actually, I'll let I'll let Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, take us into podcast business uh, with with a segue that will make our our longtime business partner, Homefield Apparel, very happy. The alliance will ensure that the educational outcomes and experiences for student athletes participating at the highest level of collegiate athletics will remain the driving factor in all decisions moving forward. And now uh, to alienate our business partner, Homefield Apparel, by putting their ad read right after we talked about all of that bullshit. You really hey, should check out. Hey, Connor. You really should check out Homefield Apparel. It is the first and longest standing and greatest business friend that we have. They are wonderful friends of the show who also happen to make very, very comfortable, very, very attractive T-shirts. Big New Saturday season two is going on right now. I think Washington was last Saturday. And that you know what is, this week is what is this week? I'm so excited! Oh, it's oh, Boise week, y'all. Oh, that's serious. It's Boise week. That is extremely serious. Yeah, uh, they may or may not. I have noticed. The, um, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but the home field shirts that are really popular are like representative of of like a single moment in a school's history. And they may or may not, by the time you hear this, be debuting that Statue of Liberty play T-shirt. And I'm I haven't seen it yet. I'm dying to see what it looks oh, like. Oh yeah. It's just a really good-looking Washington package, too. I, I don't think I realize exactly how many cool logos and looks the Washington Huskies have had over the years, but, like... I've had a tough time with, like, how much I want a Washington shirt. Yeah, I haven't... I actually have not gotten one myself yet, and I think Couldn't I be might, me. 
need to change that. Yeah, they're like, yeah, because Richard only wears Florida shirts. We understand. Um, RJ, are you holding tight? You didn't get swayed by anything? Wait, it's holding tight. This is, this is who I am, baby. Come on now. There's no like, there, there's no so, sway here. There's no. I looked when, at the Vol Navy shirt and I passed it by. I looked at so, the Georgia Golf shirt and I let it go. Like it, it just. What you're saying is, I've found the bet that I needed to make with you, which is that when Alabama stomps that ass on Labor Day weekend, that you have to wear a Sebastian the Ibis T-shirt. I'm not agreeing to those terms. Those are retroactive terms on a wager I'm already get made. You, I'm going to get you in that sounds T-shirt. Like, sounds, the terms sounds, of sounds service. Get you in that, I'm going to get you in that T-shirt. Sounds like a Welsh to me. Sounds like a Welsh. Uh, I said, sounds like I, some I bullshit, I said, doesn't I it, Kirsch? I said Welsh first. Nothing against the people of Wales. I meant to say Welsh. Uh, yeah, it does. It does, Stephen. Sounds like some serious yeah. bullshit. I don't endorse the promo that. Code, that's, that's a bad gambling. The promo code for home field from this show is SZD, as in Split Zone Duo. That will get you 20% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. If you want to get a Split Zone Duo shirt, it's a great way to support the show. You can just Google Split Zone Duo t-shirt. It will come right up, and it will be great. It's a very comfortable green fabric. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Jets. So pretty. Week zero. It is upon us. Uh, a shocking volume of the worst teams in FBS are playing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like, Woo! we don't, we can, look, we can just be honest about it that there's five games, and the 10 teams playing are Nebraska, <laughs> Illinois, Yukon, Fresno State, Hawaii, UCLA, UTEP, New Mexico State, Southern Utah, San Jose State. So that is at least. At least three of like the worst teams in FBS. Plus, we'll see about Nebraska and Illinois. I'll say two uh, of them are playing each other. This, <laughs> this this week's tasting menu takes place not in a restaurant, but an overturned Cisco truck in I, the dead of winter as you as you lose all your supplies. I am I am I am excited for week zero in 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 the soft launch nature that it is. Like I have actually enjoyed yeah. the hell out of watching preseason NFL football because not only uh, is not only is my QB1 Trevor Lawrence in this bitch but beyond that watching wa- watching preseason football you watch football without the care for the end result so it is very much about the process preseason is about the process and uh, one of the things that actually being sort of a football guy has taught me is the process and how important that is and how that can if it's done right drive the results that you seek so being able to watch process happen is very interesting and i say that to say i am treating week zero like it is my preseason i will be making sure i, I move into a new apartment in may so i have not had a full football season yet i am making sure my saturday morning um my saturday morning zen is at its right point uh, the farmer's market is a little bit further these days from my apartment than the last one, but I will be making it there on Saturday mornings with college game day and my headphones in my ears. Uh, I need to make sure the TVs work. I need to make sure um, I, I got a couple trees in the front here that may be blocking the signal to our local channels over the antenna. I got to make sure we're good and we can hold what it for year three and a half it? hours. Um, Seriously, I I get, I'm the old dude. I sorry, I'm the one out here getting CBS, NBC, ABC, Fo- and Fox for free on my over-the-air antenna. That's your fault, not mine. I'm getting it live. I don't have to worry about being behind on Twitter, so I can sit on TweetDeck and experience the world live as it happens. I'm making sure that all of my systems are in place. When I get the when I get delivery Saturday night, it's the right restaurants, all this type of stuff. I'm making sure that my shit is together for week one proper. You need that. This is my preseason. Okay. Well, the games count. Um, and also Fresno State is playing, and this is a Fresno State positive podcast this year. Get in, losers. We're going to the moon with Fresno State. Um, is there a game on the slate this week? I want to be totally transparent because of what you just talked about, that we are all for our jobs pretty damn busy from week one through January. I'm going on a boat on Saturday afternoon. 
to be clear. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a paddle boat. I don't, it's a paddle boat. Just to be clear, we're not that fancy. It's a paddle boat, but um, I am at least pretty intrigued. So you're out. You're out. Out from like three thirty. I'll probably watch the first hour of Nebraska Illinois before I get a palate cleanser. Um, I do think that I'm interested in Hawaii UCLA in part because it'll be nice to look at a, an event in the Rose Bowl, but in part because I'm not totally convinced that UCLA is not going to be a nice little team this year. I'm not totally convinced of that, and I would like to get some indication of if they could perhaps compete with LSU the following week. I think we'll know pretty quickly whether that's a possibility or not based on if they deal with Hawaii the way they should. I'm also curious if Hawaii is just totally a shell of what it used to be uh, now that you're year two of old-ass Todd Graham, which I won't wind up Godfrey again because he's mad. I'm a little interested in just seeing if Fresno State's offense hums along the way that it should against UConn because I believe in Fresno State's quarterback, running back, and top receiver. That's about it this weekend. Like Nebraska-Illinois is kind of like a curiosity thing in a science project way with like Scott Frost and just like see how gory that situation might get. But like I'm not going to lie and say that I'm going to be like hunting down the flow sports broadcast of UTEP, New Mexico State. I'm probably not going to do that. So if you are a patron, splitzoneduo.com, you can join our uh, Patreon tier. We have this thing called Office Hours in which Alex and I, live on Discord on Monday, discovered thanks to our patrons, it's 20 bucks <laughs> to watch UTEP play New Mexico two, State. Two zero. Two zero twenty dollars. I think that's like for you got to sign up. You got to sign up for the service. Yeah, there's no window or anything. You got to pay for a month of the service. This sport is so stupid. Uh, That's amazing to me because I was, you know, kind of laughingly, I was like, all right, I'll check that one out. Um, This is a bad week. It's okay to say that. Um, It is also okay to do what these young gentlemen are doing, which is just sort of get a couple of your rhythms down. You don't have like. When we say we love the whole sport, we certainly do, but that doesn't mean that we're exempt from or not allowed to say, like, oh, this is going to be a bad representation of said sport. Um, We have maybe debated this in the past, guys. I don't remember if we want the schedule to creep into zero. I I think that's fine. I do. I would much rather it creep this way than the other way. I am a person who thinks – I'm a person that thinks the college football season should start this week. Well, here's the question. Uh, even if, is it even going, if it's is in it a limited capacity. Is it going that way? Um, yes and no. There's been a lot of arguments, and I think it could factor into the next round of TV stuff. I think one of the great there, – there have been two or three years in a row where I've heard this suggestion from different listeners of this podcast and the previous incarnation that said, why don't you take – if for whatever reason we're not going to get the P5 locked in, we're not going to get FBS schools locked in, why don't we do – some sort of like not tournament but just showcase of the best eight fcs teams because i would be more interested in watching and i know that they played in the spring it's been a weird year guys but i would i would be more interested in watching like eastern washington james madison north dakota state south dakota state play meaningful football than some of this just bullshit that we got going on the hawaii rule itself has just created this sort of nonsense deal i don't i don't just does everyone know not that a real rule? week does everyone i actually people listening can't answer because it's a one-way audio medium the reason this <laughs> happens the reason technically that week zero can exist now is that any team that has a game at hawaii that season as well as that team's opponent can play a week early can start a week early and if they want they can play 13 instead of 12 games you will note that nebraska nor illinois have games against hawaii if i recall correctly yeah, you know why it's on. The, you know why it's this weekend. Do you remember? No, Ireland. The game was supposed to be in Dublin, oh. Ireland, and so they kept the exception on the date. They just moved it, obviously, back to the states because of COVID nineteen. I, I also did not know that. Made that mis- Yeah, I made that mistake earlier this week by asking out loud, and everyone just yelled at me in chat. Dublin. Um, that's why this terrible, terrible football game is sort of kicking off the season. Wow, this I was almost. That- this was almost. Well, no, because they didn't move the date. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, this is almost a worse week of the college football calendar. No, yeah, it still would have been on this date well, we because they wanted the, we, to get... We were going to export Nebraska-Illinois to Ireland? Dude, we said Ireland Boston doesn't really College. Have... We said was Boston the, College was that, there, man. Was that the last administration's decision or the current ones? <laughs> Ireland doesn't have much of a military, so I don't think there would be, you know... They're, they're, 
conflicts in Ireland are usually lim- limited to guerrilla in in their execution. <laughs> Keep, All right, I, no comment. No, just <laughs> no. Please, this is. I'm a, a Protestant who married. I look. I'm a Protestant who married a Catholic. I can say okay, that. I and can't. I can't. I'm out. I'm out. I, I studied Ireland, and, and that was my uh, international journalism school that I had to study for like two years when I was in college. Yeah, I'm black, uh, so I'll be refraining from talking about Ireland. Anyway, oh, man, how, that how pa- I, that pause is like four <laughs> jokes that I got to go through the committee to figure how, out. <laughs> how can I? How can I move us beyond this conversation as quickly God as damn possible? You Gen Zers. Um, uh, here's a question. I will say this. A question. Go a couple years ago, Florida and Miami got a waiver to play in week zero on what appeared to be the basis of the mouse wanted us to play. And, it was the sesquicentennial, Alex. It was the sesquicentennial. <laughs> what is that? The sesquicentennial is the 150th anniversary of something. The only reason I know that because is because we did because, the show, isn't it? No, actually, it's worse than that. The year after I enrolled at Ole Miss, 1998, I was there in 99. 1998 was their sesquicentennial, and that shit was all over campus, and so it was like a joke. That's the only reason I know that word. So do you do you envision that the creep towards earlier starts will take the form of more of those like waivers where we pretend there's like a student athlete welfare reason for it? Or do you think the rules just change and there are more week zero games? Well, you can't build an entire slate off the exceptions or the applications. Watch, so I think watch them. Either, watch them. Of course you can. You got to shit or get off the pot. I mean, I think like you, you either have to invest and say this is going to be a weekend where we put – games in primetime quality p5 matchups together or not i think it behooves the broadcast partners to do it this also seems like an area in which you could maybe beat out espn a little bit who has the majority of the inventory if you get you know a notre dame home game this weekend that would get that would pretty much guarantee a rating no matter what no matter who they play and then like i don't know cbs sign the pac-12 and have some hawaii challenge or something remember week zero i think the thing that we forget is that week zero is not new. Um, like we used to back in the day do some like banger games on this, like week zero ish date in the calendar. Like I think Florida state, uh, used to play on it and stuff like that, that there used to be kickoff. There was a big kickoff classic, um, in giant stadium, uh, in the, in the eighties, that was like a pretty big deal. And they would pay teams, to come and do it. Um, Nebraska and Penn State were both in the top five, and they debuted in that stadium in the, in the kickoff classic. Um, so, yeah, they used to be a pretty big deal. Um, I, I think it's really just more of everyone has to get in line. Okay, you know what? Not to call back to our, our, our garbage truck on fire segment regarding the alliance, but one of the things that you do have to build a consensus on amongst the power brokers is – do we all agree that this is okay? And do we all agree that we can kind of sell this on those loose terms in terms of academics and student welfare? I have said this before, and I want to repeat this just one last time. I am not saying that we should make the season bigger in an unpaid labor market. What I'm saying is, and I think these, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and speak for these two gentlemen because we all basically still have the same job together. I would like to take the existing amount of college football that we have and give us all one extra Saturday to consume it in because then it helps people like us who are allegedly supposed to know every single thing that happened on said Saturday just a little bit more time. Just a, a little bit just take the product and stretch it out one extra Saturday in August and that that frees up the schedule for the college football consumers and media. I think that would be okay. And I will say my preseason sort of get in shapedness does have its limit because Bubba, we are not doing a hurry up on Sunday. So do not be looking that looking for that one <laughs> in the feed. <laughs> My ass is going to be asleep somewhere. No, no, do it. And then now, I'm going what, to play yeah. golf. Here's what you're going to do this weekend. This is here's how you should do the hurry up. Just just get up on Sunday, look at the box scores, and then do like a do like a 45 second voice memo, and we'll just put it up on the SZD Twitter. That that's the hurry up. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Got to find something positive today since I've been so pissed off about the malfeasance of dumb fucks and sport coats. Labor Day weekend in college football is one of the best setups to a season in any sport in the world when it's done right. I don't think it's particularly great this year. There have been years where it has been inarguably great. I remember most recently the year where we ended on Labor Day night with Texas and Notre Dame. Even when it's just the helmets and the teams have bad years. Like When you're able to stretch starting on Thursday night – 
Friday night, a full block Saturday, one usually game, kind of prime time-ish on Sunday, and then the Labor Day the Labor Day night game. That's a celebration of a sport for five or six days. The NFL's not playing yet. They get out of the way. It really is a beautiful thing, and I do like it a lot. I just wish they would schedule a little bit better. The games this year are kind of meh. Speaking of kind of meh, at best, you want to talk about God, actually transition. Actually, you want to talk about some dumbass coaches. That's pretty much how I pay my mortgage. Okay, let's do it. Uh, the final big topic that I wanted to discuss on the show today, and wow, that was a seamless transition. Just oh god, he's complimenting himself. Yeah, what have we done? Yeah. We can't. We, we really can't. Can't do it any better than that, folks. Take notes. Um, Nick Rolovich at Washington dizzy. State has been a child about whether or not he is getting the coronavirus vaccine. He has insisted that it is a personal choice and he doesn't want to talk about it. He is reportedly not the only member of Wazoo's staff who has, at least for a while, declined the shot. The governor of Washington, Jay Inslee, said that all public employees have to get it, but left religious and medical exceptions. And now Nick Rolovich says only that he will follow the mandate, which doesn't necessarily mean he'll get the shot. He might claim an exemption of some kind. He's being cute about it or trying to be, which is a pretty weird choice given the life-altering ramifications of people getting vaccinated or not, not just for themselves but for others. He already had to humiliatingly, in my opinion, show up on an iPad at Pac-12 Media Days because he wasn't vaccinated and you had to be vaccinated to go. How many other coaches in that league and how many other players in that league appeared virtually at Media Days? Goose number, egg. The number is zero. Uh, Brian Harson at Auburn was given the chance at SEC Media Days to opine on vaccines himself. He declined, basically, dis- discussed it as a personal opinion uh, or a, ma- a matter of personal choice, said that Auburn in July was about 60% vaccinated, which doesn't sound very good. If that's what you're saying, it's definitely not very good um, if you believe that programs might be inclined to inflate their numbers. If you get to 60, uh, no matter what, that's not very good. He has declined to say whether he himself has been vaccinated or not. He tested positive himself last week. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, he has – he said a few things. He said at one point this is about people and their personal decisions and their choices to decide you know, their health. And we've all got a lot of information from a lot of different sources through this time. And I hope they're listening to our doctors. Good. I hope they're listening to other people on the team and we protect ourselves and we're safe and we have every player available to go out there and play for us. He goes on to say it's been about real life. It's been about families. It's been about decisions. He said that he was not using the vaccine as like a give Auburn a competitive advantage thing. That all sounds good enough in a vacuum, not as bad as it could be. Kind of weird given that football players – have no problem having players put their health on the line for general football purposes and that Harson has not done anything of the sort saying that he's vaccinated, that others should absolutely get vaccinated. You look across the state, the greatest college football coach of all time is doing those things. He is reading the card correctly. Uh, Auburn's coach looks like a dumbass, frankly. He looks like a dumbass. I can, can we start with Derek Mason? Because I thought that. Oh was yeah, the most yeah. So co- Godfrey, that was the most here. coded yeah. public statement. Oh my I've, god, I've read in a so, long time. So embarrassing. So, tell him what. Tell him what he said. And that's just that's the table setter. Was, is that uh, these two coaches, Harson and Rolovich, have just looked like idiots in public. They have made fools of themselves by not saying the right things about the vaccine. And it's not that hard. But Steve. So Mason was a highly courted defensive coordinator, as we knew he would be after he was dismissed from Vanderbilt. He settled on Auburn, according to a lot of people, for what he thought would be a calm and sort of consistent time. He, you know, if he wants to spend two or three years, he thought Harz would be there for two or three years. He would get top-line SEC talent. It all made sense. There was some uncertainty about LSU. That was another potential destination for him. But he, he had his pick of a lot of jobs. Picked Auburn. Um, on August 24th, so as we record this, this is yesterday for us. It'll be earlier in the week by the time you hear this. This is the statement he put up on Twitter. As some of you heard, I recently developed and battled a breakthrough case of COVID. I'm going to jump in here and say that basically that means that he is vaccinated and still had a case of COVID, which can happen. Thankfully, I have recovered, and I'm looking forward to returning to the field as we continue to prepare for the upcoming season. Having lost two family members to COVID last year, as well as being the father of a daughter who is immunocompromised, I understand why I made the decision to vaccinate. I can only speak for my own decision, but for those who uh, I can only speak for my own decision. 
But for those who are on the fence, I encourage you to look at, quote, your why, end quote, and consider protecting yourself, your loved ones, and the healthcare workers who are working so tirelessly to save lives. I am thankful I did. I wish our country, and specifically the Auburn community, a safe, healthy, and successful football season. Let me tell you what this man wants to do that I'm almost certain he hasn't done, which is walk into <laughs> Brian Harson's office and, and throttle him. him. <laughs> you motherfucker! What are you doing? That's yeah. what Mace, who has been an SEC head coach for since, gosh, what, six years, seven years of Vanderbilt? Like, yep. Knows knows the job. I know I understand Auburn and Vanderbilt are different places, but knows the literal job of it. And once I guarantee you, just again, what did I say earlier? The world would be better if we could just occasionally open hand slap the right people. Just walk in there, give Harsh a 1940s, you take the glove off, just right like that. What are you doing, dog? That's the first place I'd start. The the I think the thing that has that is doubly galling for Auburn specifically, is that one of your purported chief rivals in Georgia is fr- head coach has frankly been as out front about the vaccines. Good for him. Yeah. As one of and probably any coach in the country in Kirby Smart. Um, and he, re- he cut a PSA back in March or April about the vaccines to go get it. And then at the uh, at SEC Media Days, spoke quite eloquently about the fact that uh, he wanted to get he wanted he got it, wanted his uh, coaches to get it, and wanted his team to get it. Uh, there is obviously Alabama. Nick Saban within the same state is cutting PSAs to get the vaccine. LSU is, I believe, as close to 100% vaccinated as you can be, and is mandating everybody in Tiger Stadium have proof of vaccine uh, to enter Tiger Stadium this season. Everybody around you doing the right thing, Haas. What are you doing? The thing that bothers me is that we're not asking college football coaches to go and like pick it outside a coal mine or to show up on stage at a Medicare for All rally and be these transformative figures for progressive politics. Nope, don't need that. Just need you not to be the world's biggest blockhead at all times. Just need you to do the bare minimum in your capacity as a highly visible, highly paid public employee, by the way, and tell people to get the shot. Like I think about our very small platform that we have here, and it feels like an imperative to be like, go and get the shot. Because if one person goes and does this thing because you said to, or you even help push them along just a little bit to do it, you've done a little good in the world. Brian Harson is the head football coach at fucking Auburn in one of the least vaccinated states in the country where many thousands of people view him as one of the world's great celebrities right now. Like, bro, you're failing. You're just you're failing miserably. The expectations of you are higher than they are for Joe Schmo on the street that you would be a leader on this. Like you, you need you can't just say even if he did say that he got vaccinated, which he hasn't. It ain't enough. You have to help your players understand that they need to do it. You have your responsibility to the fans. And I will say this, and this is the last thing I think I'll say on this. For Auburn specifically, you've got to kind of read the room here if you're Brian Harson, You are coming in a little bit under the gun as far as how you were brought into this job. You are not a cultural fit, which is, which is not to say that people who aren't cultural fits can't win. But you are not a cultural fit. You have, Just a bit, a bit. You have not done well on the recruiting trail. As of yet, you haven't. No. And, and now, this may, looks like, continue to be an issue coming into the season. You got a fancy trip against Penn State coming up in uh, three weeks. What if you can't take it? Because... You got because you have to forfeit because of the vaccine issue. <gasps> oh my god! Like I just figured this. No, I just figured this out in real time because Beaver Stadium isn't requiring it, and Penn State is not requiring uh, its students to be vaccinated at all. This it's COVID bowl. It's COVID Jesus. bowl. Wow. Yeah. COVID bowl is one way. Yeah. Trademark that shit, Alex. Go get the URL right well, now. Also, what I'm saying yeah. is, at the end of the day, if 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 this season breaks bad and next season breaks bad. You're going to look back at a two-year stretch for Brian Harson, and you're going to connect some dots. Yeah. And you're going to say, hmm. Also, look, either of you tell me if this ain't right, but I think it's right. I understand that the political makeup of the Auburn fan base 
is different than the political makeup in my house. Okay, I get it. You know what else Auburn people are other than a lot more conservative than me? They're proud. They don't like to be embarrassed. And Brian Harson is embarrassing them. Yes, I have in the no, present tense. Like he is the embarrassing them. Tense. It is it is what the conversation about Auburn is about. Is this guy not being a leader on the vaccine? Put this in opposition to the GOAT a couple hours from you who has just read the fucking card correctly and just said the right things you're supposed to say and not embarrass himself in the slightest here. It's not going to sit well with with some people down there. It's not going to sit well with some people down there, even if 40% of the fan base think the vaccines are microchips from, from Bill Gates or whatever. It's not going to help him. Also, on the 40, 40% of Auburn's fan base does not believe it's microchips. I have to send out these qualifiers amongst my, amongst my genetic redneck brethren. <laughs> to be clear, it was, more, it was for the record, I see more Confederate flags in, outside of Saratoga, New York, than yes, I do outside it, to of be clear, McNary it was, County. It was an exaggeration for effect, and you just mentioned Penn State. The state of Pennsylvania is abs- as absurd in its own right. Just to be clear, we're not we're not taking shots. We're we're making a point. Another thing about Harson and Rolovich that I have to bring up, this is kind of jointly for both of them. Justin Ferguson, friend of the show, had a, a good report today um, tweeting out some, some of the things that Brian Harson had been saying in the media availability. And he was talking about a player on Auburn who opted out of the 2020 season. This player was awaiting the birth of his child. And Brian Harson, in what I think in Brian Harson's like blockheaded head, thought was like, a redemption story of like getting to know someone said that he doubted this player's commitment initially because he had opted out. Okay, meathead does not make you look as good as as you think it does. There, coach um, Nick Rolovich last year, Nick Rolovich who has res- resisted the vaccine, gets caught on tape threatening a player's spot in the program if he does these Pac-12 United player organizing things that were going on a little bit before this time in 2020. Like, fellas, you can't have it both ways. You can't insist that you're not going to take the shot that keeps people safe and then also judge them, threaten them, try to coerce them over doing things to keep themselves safe. You can't have it both ways. And it's embarrassing for both of them. I think Nick Rolovich should be fired. I think Brian Harson. well, there's no chance he's going to be fired. But, like, fellas, it's just embarrassing. I don't like it. I have higher expectations for college football coaches. That seem roughly fair. I- I'm not saying this to to skirt any of the issues because I agree with you, but it's just I'm so ready for actual football. I'm gonna fucking kill somebody, and they're probably gonna be wearing like a. He doesn't mean that. Co- he doesn't mean that in an actionable way. A weirdly <laughs> colored sport coat telling me about student athletes, and I'm just gonna fucking throw them by the belt and the neck out of a press box. <laughs> he's kidding. Anyways, I'm he's, very excited for the season. He's kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning, but uh, where can the people find you, Stephen Godfrey? At 38 Godfrey on Instagram and Twitter, Secret Base. And Split Zone Duo, of course. Come see us at SplitZoneDuo.com, where you can become a patron. Alex Kirshner. Uh, you can find me at Slate Magazine, where I am now a contributing writer uh, and freelancing various other places. And yeah, please do, if you uh, are interested in it, subscribe to the Patreon. You can do it for as little as five bucks a month. We do a lot of bonus episodes, so it's a lot of hours of what we hope is informing entertainment for you, and we'd love to have you. Richard, we already talked about where people can find you, so I guess it would be selfish for you to talk about it again. Of course not. Uh, In the pages and on the website uh, of Sports Illustrated at SINow on Twitter, SI.com, as well as this fine podcast and Monday nights starting September 6th, 7 p.m., Thinking Out Loud. Bye, y'all.